On today's show, we're going back 10 years and looking at the 2013 Yankees. Why? Because we can. Because it's way back Wednesday. Why not? So we're going to talk about the 2013 team. We're going to look back at a specific game because I thought it was hilarious because of certain things that happened in it. And we're just going to talk about 2013 because uh, it may not have been a good team, but it was an interesting one. All that next on Locked on Yankees. You are Locked on Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. Happy way back Wednesday, Yankee fans, and welcome to Locked On Yankees which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. If you're new, I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and I've been hosting Locked On Yankees since 2018. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Also hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. And feel free to comment. I always like looking at your comments. So we're looking back at 2013, which was not a banner year for the Yankees, but still they finished above 500 because they've been doing that since I was in high school and that was a really long time ago. But let's just discuss this briefly. So 2013, the Yankees finished 85 and 77. They finished in third place in the AL East. Not great. Any guesses as to who led them in war? Try and think of the 2013 team. Yeah, you're thinking of it, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, who could have possibly led the team in war? Let me give you a clue. He was gone by the next season. He had been there since 2005. He was cool. He was calm. He was collected, and his name begins with a C, which is very funny that I chose that phrase to use. It was Robinson Cano. He had... 6.6 6.6 B war, according to baseball reference. But when you look at this team and you look at the people on the team, especially when you look at the lineup of the game we're going to discuss later in the show, it is just hilarious. And, you know, the mid 2010s, there are a lot of guys on those Yankee teams that you completely forget about being on Yankee teams. Oh, that's right. I forgot the Yankees had him. Oh, uh uh-huh. Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't great for the Yankees. Like that sort of a thing. You still have the usual suspects, a few of them, but for the most part, there was a smattering of that guy. Oh, that guy played. Oh, right. So it's interesting to look back at this team because 2012, they make the ALCS. Yes, they got swept. But it was really because of Derek Jeter's injury. And speaking of 2013, Derek Jeter tried to come back many times from that injury, and it just was not working for him, which is why he made 2014 his last hurrah. 2013 happened to be the last year that I had season tickets. I only had partial. I had the Sunday plan. But if I recall correctly, they did not do well on Sundays. We saw a lot of bad games. We saw a lot of bad games that year. It was not 
a fun final season. Although I didn't realize it was going to be my final season with season tickets, but I had them for 15 seasons and, you know, I did see a lot of great games and I saw a lot of great playoff games and, you know, I can't really complain, but oof, 2013 was difficult. It was difficult to sit through. So they were in first place for 17 days out of that season. The last time was May 26th. Yeah. Now, if you count all days of the season, including off days, they were in first place 20 days. Their biggest lead in the division was two on May 15th. Their farthest day behind the Red Sox, 14 on September 27th. They were 12 games above 500 on May 25th. They were three games under 500 on April 6th. So right before, they, they didn't start well, right before this game occurred. Their longest losing streak was only, only, was five games, but it happened three times. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, they only had a five-game losing streak, but oh, right, they had it happen three different times. And their longest winning streak was from July 1st to July 6th. It was six games. Most runs allowed, September 7th, 13. Most runs scored, the game we're talking about today on Tuesday, April 9th, and Tuesday, August 13th. I feel like Soriano probably had a part in that, right? Because wasn't he going ham in August 13th? And that's another thing. Alfonso Soriano coming back to the Yankees and going absolutely insane that month and doing things that we hadn't seen done by anyone ever. <laughs> he was just going, he was playing so crazily in August of 2013 and it gave Yankee fans something to actually look forward to which was nice but let's see I want to look at this game briefly even though I wasn't going to it was against the Angels they won 14-7 it was in Yankee Stadium as I said it was a Tuesday it was a Tuesday night oh Jason Vargas started right yes okay I I knew the game, which is scary. Alfonso Soriano, three for six with six runs batted in. He had two home runs. That's so funny. How did I remember that? I don't remember why I walked into a room, but I can remember that. And in this game, even though we're not going to discuss it, I just want to say some of the names. CeCe started. Sean Kelly relieved him. Dellen Batansis relieved Kelly, and Jabba Chamberlain relieved Dellen Batansis. Yeah. Alfonso Soriano's two home runs. One was off Jason Vargas. The other was off Joe Blanton. And Vernon Wells hit a home run off Vargas as well. And the Yankees were 5 for 13 with runners in scoring position. So, yeah, it was a very strange season. Um, Saying goodbye to Mo was kind of emotional and seeing him do his farewell tour. And, you know, we knew it was going to be, well, we had a feeling it was going to be Pettit's last season as well. And with Jeter having his issues coming back from injury and the Yankees having 
some of those guys that were in the lineups regularly. It was just a very odd season. So in a moment, we're going to look at the Tuesday, April 9th game, just because the lineup's funny. What happened in the game is kind of funny. And I think it would just be fun to look at because why not, right? So we'll do that in a moment. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college bowl season, which is almost over, to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. Yeah, if you want to bet on the Nets, you want to bet on the Knicks, you can bet on hockey, so you can bet on the Islanders, the Devils, the Rangers. I'm just going local. I know that some Yankee fans like other teams. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. For your second listen, listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So let's go back to Tuesday, April 9th, 2013. Yankees are in Cleveland to take on Cleveland's baseball team, the then Indians. That's how I'll say it. The attendance was only 12,663. Now, it was a Tuesday night. It was the beginning of the season. Cleveland wasn't great. They were 3-5 and five at that point, and I understand why there weren't a lot of people there. Now, when I used to do random box score pieces on the hardball times, I would go through, you know, what the number one song was, what the number one movie was, what was on TV, this and that. I will tell you that the number one song the week of this game was Thrift Shop by Macklemore, Ryan Lewis, is that his name? And Wayne's? Does that sound right? And then Evil Dead was the number one movie the week of April 8th, 2013. So let's do this because you know what? 2013 was a wild one. And the Yankees are the visiting team, so they will be the lineup we go through first. Brett Gardner, Robinson Cano, Kevin Euclid. Travis Hafner, Vernon Wells, Ichiro, Eduardo Nunez, Lyle Overbay, Francisco Cervelli, and your starter, Andy Pettit. 2013 was a fun one. Drew Stubbs, Jason Kipnis, Asdrubal Cabrera, Nick Swisher, Mark Reynolds, Michael Brantley, Ryan Rayburn, Michael Velas, Jan Gomes, Carlos Carrasco. That is Cleveland for you that night. And your umpires. All names we know, very familiar, some are retired, some are not. Jordan Baker was behind home plate, Tim McClelland was at first, Jerry Mules was at second, Marvin Hudson at third base. Your game time temperature, 62 degrees, so that's pretty good for April, actually, because April's hit or miss. You never know. I mean, it snowed on, what year was that for the Yankees? I think their home opener was like April 8th of 2003, or it was supposed to be April 8th, and then it snowed and they had to have it the day after. So yeah, April's hit or miss in the eastern part of the country. So for it to be 62 that night, pretty nice. So the top of the first, Brett Gardner leads off with a double off Carrasco. Then Cano reaches on an E1. 
and the Yankees have something cooking. First and third, no outs, but then Kevin Euclid strikes out swinging, and Travis Hafner grounds into a double play, so nothing happens for the Yankees. Then Pettit, in the bottom of the first, gives up a double to the first batter, only on four pitches. Brett Gardner worked an eight-pitch at bat when he led off with that double. So Drew Stubbs hits a double, Jason Kipnis strikes out swinging, as Drupal Cabrera hits a ground out, and Nick Swisher hits a ground out. So nothing doing for Cleveland either. Top of the second, Vernon Wells reaches on an E5, but then Ichiro erases him from the bases on a ground ball double play. Eduardo Nunez and Lyle Overbay go back to back with singles to left field and center field. Francisco Cervelli walks to load the bases. Brett Gardner hits a single that scores Nunez and Overbay, and then Cano hits a double that scores Cervelli and Gardner. Yankees are up 4-0. Then Kevin Euclid ends everything by striking out swinging, just like he did in the first inning. <laughs> no offense to Kevin Euclid. Andy Pettit sets down Cleveland 1-2-3 in the bottom of the second with three ground outs. One to Pettit and two to second base. In the top of the third... After getting Hafner to line out and Wells to fly out, Ichiro hits a home run to deep right field to put the Yankees up 5-0. Then Eduardo Nunez hits a fly ball to left field. So balls were kind of flying that night. (laughs) That's always such a funny phrase to say, but it's true. Balls were flying that night. In the bottom of the third, Andy Pettit walks around a double. No, not walks around a double. Works around a double and a walk to leave two... Cleveland players on base and nothing doing. No one scores. In the top of the fourth, after getting Overbay and Cervelli both to ground out, Brett Gardner works a walk against Carrasco. And then Robinson Cano hits a two-run home run to put the Yankees up 7-0. Kevin Euclid is then hit by a pitch, first pitch after the home run. And Brett Myers replaces Carlos Carrasco pitching. Then Travis Hafner strikes out swinging. But the Yankees are up by a touchdown at this point. In the bottom of the fourth, Andy Pettit gives up a leadoff single, gets Mark Reynolds to pop fly to first, Michael Brantley to fly out to right. Then he walks Ryan Rayburn, and then Mike Avilas flies out to left. So no one scores in the top of the fifth. In the top of the sixth, Francisco Cervelli hits a fly ball to deep left center. Brett Gardner hits a double. Cano grounds out, but Gardner makes it to third. And then Kevin Euclid doesn't strike out swinging this time. This time, he hits a home run on the sixth pitch that he sees from Brett Myers. The Yankees are up 9-0. Whew, so touchdown without an extra point and a field goal. Or three field goals, depending on how you look at football scores. Now, in the bottom of the sixth, Cleveland probably thought to themselves, we need our own home run. And as Drupal Cabrera on the first pitch that he saw from Andy Pettit took it deep to left center field. So it's 9-1 Yankees. Swisher hits single. Mark Reynolds pop flies to first. Didn't he do that earlier? I think he did. (laughs) He was not having a good game. Michael Brantley walks. Ryan Rayburn hits a fly ball to center field. Mike Aviles hits a fly ball to center field. So two are left on base. And again, 9-1 Yankees are still in control of this game. Top of the seventh, Brett Meyer sets down the Yankees 1-2-3. And the bottom of the seventh, Andy Pettit sets down Cleveland 1-2-3. 
So in a moment, we're going to continue our story of the game because uh, the Yankees were not done scoring. They were not done scoring. They had some more scoring to do and more unlikely people to hit home runs for them. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But first, top of the eighth inning in Cleveland, Tuesday, April 9th, 2013. Brett Myers is still in this game. He will pitch for the rest of this game. So he basically is taking his lumps here. And whew, is he taking his lumps in this inning? Oh, okay. Lyle Overbay hits a home run to lead off the inning. Francisco Cervelli hits a single to center. Brett Gardner grounds out. Robinson Cano hits a double that scores Cervelli. Jason Nix pinch hits for Kevin Euclid. And he grounds out. Weekly to third. How dare you, Jason Nix. Brennan Bosch pinch hits for Travis Hafner. Again, Brennan Bosch pinch hits for Travis Hafner on the 2013 Yankees, because that's the kind of year it was. And Brennan Bosch hits a home run off Brett Myers. It's a two-run variety, or it's of the two-run variety. And the Yankees are up 13-1. Now, even funnier, Ben Francisco pinch hits for Vernon Wells, but strikes out swinging to end the inning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the eighth, Adam Warren is in for the Yankees. He gives up a single to Lonnie Chisenhall. Omir Santos pop flies to first. Mark Reynolds strikes out looking. Michael Brantley grounds out, so nothing happening there for Cleveland. They leave one on base. And then in the top of the ninth, the Yankees are not done. Ichiro and Nunez hit ground outs back-to-back. Brett Myers is probably thinking to himself, all right, cool, I got two outs, let's do this. But then Lyle Overbay hits a double. Okay, still two outs, let's end this, or at least end this inning. But no, Francisco Cervelli hits a single that scores Overbay. The Yankees are up 14-1. Brett Gardner and Robinson Cano go back-to-back with singles, but then Jason Nix strikes out looking to end the inning. The Yankees leave three on base. And then the bottom of the ninth, Adam Warren, Popfly, Robin Rayburn, Avilas hits a single, but then Jan Gomes grounds into a double play to end the game, and the Yankees win 14-1. This team, Brennan Bosch, pinch hitting for Travis Hafner? <laughs> you know, Jason Nix coming in, Vernon Wells playing, Ben Francisco pinch running or pinch hitting you pinch hitting it's just crazy it's crazy and you know Pettit did a really nice job I mean I know the Cleveland team was not great but again he was about to turn 41 and he goes seven innings gives up one run on five hits now he walked three but he struck out four He threw 97 pitches, 63 of them were strikes. Adam Warren comes in, only gives up two hits in two innings. He strikes out one, no runs. Good for him. Now Carrasco and Myers each gave up seven runs. Carrasco was on seven hits. Myers was on 11. And Myers pitched way, not way longer, but he pitched five and one third compared to Carrasco pitching three and two-third innings. But 
Carrasco's ERA for the game was 17.18 and Brett Myers was 12.19, where Pettit's was 1.20 and Adam Warren's was 1.23 for the game. Pettit's game score was 64, Carrasco's was 19. Woof. That's rough for Carrasco and for Cleveland. So yeah, the twenty, the 2013 Yankees just... What an interesting time. So now that we've talked about the guys in the lineup, I'll go through the rest of the list for the war because I had mentioned Robinson Cano, but I didn't want to reveal all the players. But now that we've talked about the lineup, at least on that day in April, we can talk about the rest of the team and how they did because, uh, yeah. So the top 12 players for the Yankees. Robinson Cano, as I said, 6.6 B war. Brett Gardner, 4.2. Hiroki Kuroda. I loved Kuroda. He was great. He was such a great Yankee. And I feel bad that he played on this team in 2013. He was great. 3.9 war. Yvonne Nova, 3.3 war. Remember him. Mo, 2.4. David Robertson, 2.4. Pettit, 2.2. Soriano, 2.1. Ichiro, 2.1. Curtis Granderson, 1.1. Adam Warren, 1.1. And Francisco Cervelli, 1.0. Robinson Cano led the team with 27 home runs. Alfonso Soriano, 17. Lyle Overbay, 14. Travis Hafner, 12. Vernon Wells, 11. And Alfonso Soriano hit those 58, uh, no, 58 home runs. That would be amazing. 17 home runs in only 58 games for the Yankees. He also had 50 runs batted in. Cano had 107 runs batted in. He obviously led the team. Lyle Overbay was second with 59. Brett Gardner, 52. Soriano, 50. Vernon Wells, 50. Travis Hafner, 37. Ichiro, 35. Eduardo Nunez, 28. Chris Stewart, 25 runs batted in. And coming in, number 10. Jason Nix, 24 runs batted in. (laughs) That's hilarious. Curtis Granderson only played in 61 games that season. Was that the year his wrist was broken? Did a Blue Jay break his wrist? Was that 2013? Right? I think that's what happened. And A-Rod played in 44 games. He hit seven home runs. Games played. Cano led the team with 160. Ichiro, 150. Gardner, 145. Lyle Overbay, 142. Vernon Wells, 130. Chris Stewart, 109. Yeah, I'm trying to remember some of the other guys who... Oh, yeah, 2013 Teixeira was really injured, too, because he only played 13 games. That's why all these guys, guys, Reed Brignac played 17 games. Brendan Ryan played 17 games. Brent Lillibridge played 11. (laughs) Mark Reynolds played 36 games for the 2013 Yankees. That's funny. Kevin Euclid only played in 28 games because I think he hurt his back, right? He was in that game, though. Remember, 2013 was the year where the Yankees turned that extremely weird double play 
I can't remember which team it was against. Maybe the Orioles. And it was like seven players were involved in it. And I remember Euclid pumping his fist and CeCe was the one who was the pitcher of record. Oh, wait, was it the Orioles or the White Sox when they made that play? Now, I'm conflating memories. I'm conflating memories. But yeah, 2013 was just weird. Oh, briefly, Rafael Devers. Because, you know, the Red Sox are a rival still. And we should talk about them when they do things. And what did they do? Well... After signing Devers to like a one-year extension, right? Because I saw something where he, they agreed to one year, 17.5. Was that what it was? And it came out today that they signed him to an 11-year, $332 million extension. And who reported it first? Carlos Baerga. He's suddenly a, a source now for baseball news. So... Good for Rafael Devers getting that payday, but I have been saying it all offseason. Some of these contracts are a little crazy, don't you think? I don't know. I think they're crazy. So coming up this week, we're doing a live show tomorrow on top of a regular show. I'm going to record the regular show earlier in the day, and then the live show, because I keep teasing it for YouTube, we're going to be looking at these baseball cards. There are also basketball and hockey cards in here, but we're going to look at the baseball cards, because I got them as a gift from a friend, and he sent it to me in order for me to do something with them creatively. And I figured, hey, why not talk about the cards and show them off on YouTube? So that's what I'm going to do. But for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember, you can listen to us on every podcasting platform available. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button and the and comment on YouTube as well. Also, click the bell so you know when our videos go up. And thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And not only that, he really likes Oswaldo Cabrera. So listen to Lindsey's show. So enjoy your Wednesday. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.